Hello, greetings and salutations and welcome to the podcast that looks back at albums, movies and video games and ask anyone for seconds. I am your host Dave. How are we doing? Are we all good? Are we staying safe? Are we being kind to each other? It's album week and we are travelling back to 2013 to look at Alison Chain's fifth studio album, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. Why are we looking at The Devil Put Dinosaurs here rather than Black Gives Way to Blue or even their latest album? Well, Black Gives Way to Blue was Alice in Chains' first album without the original lead singer, Lane Staley. But I feel that The Devil Put Dinosaurs here is often overlooked and it deserves some spotlight shone on it, especially after Alice in Chains essentially became a touring band again. It's also worth noting that I saw the band during the tour for this album and honestly, It's one of the finest shows I have ever seen and ever been to. Just because they've gone through some hard times doesn't mean that they still don't rock as hard. With this in mind, shall we get into the most infamous part of the show, the good old-fashioned context dump? In July 2011, Alice in Chains began working on The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here at the famous Los Angeles Henson Recording Studio. For fact fans, the Henson Recording Studio is not only where Van Halen recorded their comeback album, a different kind of truth in 2011, but also the 1985 charity single We Are the World, which featured Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, and a whole host of other stars. The actual recording sessions were marred by the fact that the main songwriter and guitarist of the band, Jerry Cantrell, had surgery on his right soldier and was unable to play the guitar for eight months while he was recovering. He would eventually enter the studio with the band in early 2012 to record the album. The band also hired Nick Raskulinex, I have no idea if I've said that right, who had worked with them on their previous album to return and produce the follow-up. The album was eventually released in May 2013. The album was accompanied by a mockumentary that premiered on the video website Funny or Die. The mockumentary was called Alice in Chains 23. The idea of the mockumentary was that a film studies professor would try to make a documentary about the band without any actual help from the band, and instead interviewing other musicians, who, ironically, being in on the joke, was actually played by Alice in Chains themselves. The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here managed to sell a whopping 61,000 copies in its first week of release. By July 31st, 2013, it had sold 120,000 copies in the US alone. Meanwhile, in Canada, it sold 7,300 copies within the first week of its release. The album was released to generally favourable reviews and is currently sat at 70 out of 100 on review aggregator website Metacritic. Kerrang! magazine gave the album 80 out of 100, stating that although it might fail to inspire it first, it will eventually. Music magazine NME, or the New Musical Express if you want to get technical about it, gave them the album 70 out of 100, stating that they may never recapture their dirt-era majesty, but Alice in Chains' second act is turning out very nicely indeed. Q Magazine gave the album 60 out of 100, stating that The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here falls from the same mould as 1992's Dirt album. Finally, website Pitchfork.com 
gave the album 59 out of 100, stating that Dinosaurs is a testament to how 90s alt-rock angst can translate meaningfully to middle age. So with all of this out of the way, shall we get into it? The main reason why we are here. It's time to ask, anybody for seconds? At 70 minutes long, this album is no small task. However, will it manage to capture my imagination? Let's dive in and find out. The album begins with hollow, and right away, we are met with down-tuned, grungy guitars that just punch you straight in the gut. With trademark singing by William Duvall, this has all the makings of a classic Alice in Chains track. The opening track should set a precedent for the album. How does this one fare? In my opinion, Hollow, it's a fantastic opening track. It's not only memorable and heavy, it's also full of subtle nuances that help to prepare you for what will be the rest of the album. Overall, it's a strong start to the album. This is a track that's going to stay with you long after you've heard it. It's also worth noting that this was the lead single off of the album. After Hollow, we get the track Pretty Dumb. Once again, this is another strong track. It's somewhat similar in tone to Hollow, and it flows well into the track. It's once again catchy, and the guitars are downright grungy and scuzzy, just how they should be, with subtle harmonies and Duval's vocals. Once again, it sounds like a classic Alice in Chains track. They wouldn't sound out of place on any of their older albums in their back catalogue. So, so far, two tracks in, I'm really digging this album. Having never been the biggest fan of Alice in Chains, this is definitely standing out. Track three is called Stone, and we are met with a bass guitar riff that's slow, steady, and rumbling. It's almost hypnotic. It's pulling you into a false sense of security before that main riff kicks in on the guitars and it knocks you for six. It is suitably heavy and will be guaranteed to make you nod your head. On top of that, the guitar work in this is pretty great. Can we just talk about how underrated Jerry Cantrell is as a guitar player? Without him, Alison Chains would just be another formulaic rock band. With his subtle melodic lines, it excels them into greater territories, and for that, they should be applauded. The guitar solo in Stone is also another fine piece of Jerry Cantrell guitar work. It sounds simple, but it's interesting enough to really bring the song to life. It's as if it brings a little bit of nuanced character to this rough and ready track. Bravo, sir! So, where do we go from here? Turns out we get into the track called Voices. In the intro to Voices, we are met with the album's first piece of acoustic guitar work. Although it doesn't seem like a lot, it brings a needed change at this point, and it is a welcome change at that. Voices is a much brighter track in comparison with what has preceded it, and that is by no means a bad thing. It's a welcome change to the dare I say, depressing fare that Alice in Chains is known for. To me, it sounds as if Voices illustrates a band that has found a little bit of hope following on from the tragedies of their past, namely the heroin overdose of their previous singer, Lane Staley. This is Alice in Chains in fine form, and is a definite highlight of the album, and is definitely worth seeking out. It is at this point we reach track 5, the eponymous title track. Get me with my fancy big words. This track is also terrifically catchy, especially the hook in the chorus of The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here, Jesus Don't Like a Queer. That's the lyrics, by the way, not my personal feelings. While the song is an obvious criticism of organised religion, you can't help but feel that maybe the band could have done it a little bit more subtly. That's not to say that it's a bad track. Actually, it's quite the opposite. The instrumentation on this track excels, 
For me, a personal highlight is the very small melodic lines that play into helping the chorus become much more memorable. Also, the music video for this track is also highly recommended if you ever get a chance to see it. But be warned though, there are flashing images. So far, so good. As we reach the middle of the album with a track called Lab Monkey. For me, it's around here that the album begins to lose a little bit of steam. I don't know if that's because some of the songs feel a little bit bloated, with the majority of the songs being over five minutes long on the album, or if it's the overall sound of the album being a little bit too clean and a little bit too polished. But I was beginning to lose some concentration. However, where Lab Monkey excels is the talk box guitar solo. And it's just fantastic. I can't recommend that guitar solo enough which is just enough to get me really interested in the track and fully focus once again and really pay attention to this monumental album. Track 7 is called Low Ceiling and is another definite highlight of the album for me. Once again, we are met with an intro consisting of acoustic guitars mixed with the electric guitar sounds. Low Ceiling is a brighter affair once again in a similar vein to Voices. It's almost cathartic to hear Alice in Trains finally hit their stride with more brighter tracks. That's not to take away from the more miserable ones, but hearing Alice in Chains do something aside from being miserable is actually quite a novelty. Once again, this track has a fantastic, phenomenal solo that really engages you. Although it sounds simple, it's really melodic, and which is just the beauty of Alice in Chains guitar solos. Really helps to make you feel a part of the song and elevate the mood of the track. I really can't recommend this track enough. So seek it out. We then reach a track called Breath on the Window. To me, this is pure album filler. Next, Scalpel is track nine. This is more acoustic based. And once again, it's a refreshing change from all the electric guitar stomping. It's a sing-along triumph. While it's not all an acoustic track, the electric sections really help to drive home the poignant lyrics, while also being catchy as hell. More of this, please. Thank you very much. Phantom Limb is next, and oh boy, it's a return to the standard Alice in Chains formula. The downtoned, scuzzy guitars are back with a vengeance, playing a staccato riff that will easily be stuck in your head for days. While it doesn't do anything particularly clever or break any boundaries, it's a change from the previously brighter tracks of the album, as we come full circle to that once again classic Alice in Chains style material. This one goes on for a little bit too long for my liking, but then the same can be said a lot of the tracks on this album. It's good stuff though, don't get me wrong. It's just seven minutes. It's a bit too much for me. Hung on a Hook is where the album probably should have ended, but it doesn't. We've got another track after this, but let's not jump the gun just yet. Let's concentrate on Hung on the Hook. For me, this song feels like it's trying to build to something, but that's something, it just doesn't happen. It's like it wants to build to a massive, chugging, fast breakdown. But again, it, it just kind of doesn't. I'm a little bit disappointed by this, and by the way, the track ends with chords that just ring out and vocal harmonies being layered upon layer and small melodic guitar fills it just feels like this should be the closing song for the album the trouble is is that it's not that's not its fault though because sequencing albums is a tricky process and is one that i'm never truly going to understand with this in mind we reach the last track of the album choke how is it as a closing track it's just fine it doesn't do anything spectacular or even anything offensive. It's just okay. It's not so much as of a wet fart as it is a fart that sounds good, but it's got no real definition or dev. Sure, it sounded good, but there's nothing clever about it. As we move away from the fart analogy, it's obvious to say that it's kind of difficult to explain my feelings on this one. So I'll just leave a clip in and let you decide. 
And with that, we are done. Despite its many flaws, I really like this album. Dinosaurs is an album that illustrates a band at their creative height and not afraid to do what they love, create and play music. While yes, the songs are a little bit too long and could do with a substantial trim, the fact that a band like Alice in Chains is still doing that is to be applauded. The guitars are downright scuzzy, they sound heavy and it's perfect for the vibe that they are going for. The guitar solos, although simplistic, are wonderfully melodic and it adds to the charm of the album. This doesn't need fretboard shredding, but more a reserved, tactful response. The vocals are fantastic and William Duvall should be given a medal for filling some really rather large boots left behind by Staley. He's become a fully-fledged member of the band and is even helping to contribute to some of the songwriting process. Bravo, good sir! While it's a tough listen for some, the vocals, as good as they are, can become somewhat irritating as at times because they can lack a little bit of punch. I put this down largely to production, as when I saw them live, I could feel Duval's voice throughout the set. That certain oomph, it's really missing in places on the album, and that, to me, is a crime. Overall, I'd say that yes, this is an album that is indeed worth your time. While it may not necessarily click the first time around, a repeated listen definitely improves the experience. Especially if, like me, you'd only heard classic Alice in Train tracks like Damn the River or Rooster. This new era of Alice in Change is actually bloody good and it's actually worth a chance and worth a listen. Do you agree? Disagree? Want to lecture me on grunge and tell me why Kurt Cobain is great? Let me know. We're on Twitter as at anyone podcast. We're also on Facebook. Just search for anyone for seconds podcast. You'll find us. Longer thoughts, rants and moans can be sent to anyone for seconds at gmail.com. I will read them. I promise. Don't forget to like, rate, review and subscribe on your platform of choice as it helps us grow the podcast and reach more people. Go on. It's all right. I won't tell anyone that you did, OK? This time, I'll leave you with a clip from the mockumentary I talked about in the context dump. Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this. Uh, Stan, hey, uh, Alan Poole McClard. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I think we uh, we spoke on the phone, exchanged a few emails. You're obviously a, a huge fan of Alice in Chains. No, I'm not. Well, you answered my posting on an Alice in Chains fan board. I was only on there to be ironic. It's ironic. Oh. Yeah, you, obviously you don't get irony. As you know, as I explained to you on the phone, we're doing a film about the band Alice in Chains. We don't know this group you, you speak never, of. You've, you've never heard of Alice in Chains? Nah, ma'am. William Duvall, the lead singer of this band, his mother used to take him to Jamaica. He says that you were indeed... A big influence on him. Well, you know, I wouldn't say that uh, I was introduced to the sound of Alice in Chains. I'd say that uh, that uh, Jerry Cantrell fellow has been introduced to me. I'd say about 75% of the material from that band is from me. About 19.